This interview and the entire Building a Story Brand podcast is brought to you by 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com. Three five-minute videos that will revolutionize your marketing. If you're tired of looking at your website, wondering why browsers are not being converted to buyers, these three five-minute videos will help. Either spell it out or use the number, doesn't matter, 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com. You can also text the word MAKEOVER to 72000. That's MAKEOVER to 72000, and I will send you those free videos. This episode is also brought to you by StoryBrand.com. If you want to attend a live workshop with your peers, with people who are trying to grow their business, just like you are, you can register at storybrand.com. Welcome to the final episode of season two of the Building a Story Brand podcast. It's been an amazing second season. We talked to Mark and Brian Canlis. We flew yes. up to Seattle. Canlis Restaurant, that was episode one. If you yeah. missed that, go back. It's all about customer service. Some of the best customer service in the world yes. out of Canlis Restaurant. We talk about how I'm they still did waiting it. for you to take me there. By the way. <laughs> I think a staff retreat to yes. Canlis would, would bankrupt the, uh, well, the, I mean, the whole no, mission. <laughs> but, you know, doing that and going to a Seahawks game, come on. Oh, now you're, now you're getting to make it spicy. That sounds good. David Salyers from Chick-fil-A, we talked about mm-hmm. adding value. And a lot yeah. of people wonder, how do I charge more for my products? Listen to the episode with David Salyers from Chick-fil-A. He talks about how they do it. Toy Sweeney yes. was a blast and also yeah. very convicting. Yes. We had to go through our closet and clean out our closet because she taught us how we should dress in yes. order to be the person with authority yeah. in the room. And I got to watch. You got to watch because of I got to watch because of that. It's, your, what, it's like your signature item, yeah. right? You're supposed yep, to have my a signature yeah. item. Yes, I love this watch. And then I, I hate having favorites. But Ken Blanchard, just a hero of mine, we went to San Diego and talked to Ken about leading a team. When you're launching a project, how do you lead a team through it? Ken was amazing. Professional golfer Ben Crane. (laughs) Which is Tim's personal favorite. That was our COO's big favorite there. He got to hang out with a professional golfer for a day. (laughs) And uh, Ben just walked us through what kind of routines we need to create in our life in order to win. And he also went through the three questions that you've got to ask yourself at the end of every day in order to stay on top. Brian Clark from Copyblogger talked to us about content marketing. If you're wondering mm-hmm. how to use a lead generator and position yourself on the market and create reciprocity with your potential customers, listen to that. Great practical advice. And then finally, yes, that's like the $100 million man. I think <laughs> Time Magazine or somebody called him the $100 million Seriously? man. Yeah. Oh my Jeff goodness. Walker. And wow. if you've not heard of Jeff, Jeff, years ago, a decade ago, more than a decade ago, created a formula yeah. called Product Launch Formula. And basically, if you want to launch a product online, it can yeah. be a physical product, a digital product, Jeff created a process that you go through in order to launch that. And he has made many, many people millions and millions <laughs> yeah. of dollars, and he's made millions for yeah. himself just teaching this formula. And so many people we know, everybody who we respect follows Jeff's principles. Right? I think like, so, yeah. yeah like I, we talk to people and we'll say, how do you do this? Oh, well, Jeff Walker. Yep. I mean, yeah, I do the Jeff Walker yeah. thing, right? They don't so even call before it product I'd launch. even met him or heard anything about him, I heard about it from everybody else. Like just everybody was saying, oh yeah, you need to talk to Jeff Walker. And Jeff and I got together at Blackberry Farm. That's down in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's this amazing place. Uh, and we spent a few days together with a, a group of about four marketers. And so I got to know Jeff a little bit. And, you know, he probably pulls in $20 million a year, and we, we talk about how he does it. And one of the things that I think I learned from the interview, and I hope our listeners learn, is that the difference between selling and offering or letting somebody know that you have something of extreme yeah. value to them. Yep. 
So yeah. I know that you get it when you do a private workshop. They come to you yes. and they say, yeah. I want to sell this stuff, but I don't want to be one of those guys yeah. who tries to manipulate. And what do you what do you tell them when they when and here's the problem their sales material as it is is so passive yeah. that it makes their company look weak and it makes them look like they're apologizing for the, what yeah, they're offering that they don't think what they have to offer is good and usually it's great it really is going to help people the best thing about the story brand framework is that it helps position you as the guide to your customer's hero so you're not talking about how great you are you are talking about how great your customer is and again it's not manipulative it's really stepping in and being empathetic and saying what do they want and how can I help them achieve that? Yeah. And you know, if you're selling a screwdriver and yeah. somebody needs to go screw in a screw, yeah. uh, you got a screwdriver. And, and it's, it's it's not manipulative to say, listen, this will work. Yeah. It is going to it's solve your gonna problem. It's not going to hurt your wrist. You're going to have a great looking shelf on your wall. Right. And that's what I'm looking for when I want to put something up. So tell me that that's what it does so that I can spend money where I'm supposed to. And the, a couple of mistakes that people make when they're selling, they'll either say, well, I just want people to find out about it and come to me and beg me for it. Yeah, no. Well, this is, how how arrogant is that? Because <laughs> we're trying to be humble, and yeah. at the same time, we say, "No, I expect people to come to me." That's not that's yeah, not humble. Yeah. That's complete arrogance. And everybody that I've studied, these phenomenon business have exploded, and you know they never had to talk about it. It was just word of mouth. You start dissecting what actually happened, and they were selling that stuff out of their trunk, and they can't stop talking about their business and yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. And the whole "build it and they will come" doesn't work. Yeah. It's build it. Tell them about it, <laughs> and then and they, will, they come. will come. I mean, we say that all the time, but I love that Jeff in this interview he really talks about that and really talks about how the formula of how to launch a product in a way that engages your customer and helps them come it's to the a product. Narrative. Yeah, he, it's a story. He slowly guides them through a story, and yeah. you know, Jeff and I have since become friends. I went out and spoke to his mastermind in Colorado. And uh, he's just an awesome guy. And we just see the overlapping because he's basically, you know, you do this, then you do this, then you do this, then you do this. And, but all of this, this, and this means writing scripts, recording yeah. those scripts, yeah. writing emails. And, you know, so StoryBrand helps you write the very scripts that he's talking about. And it's not competitive at all. He's also a wonderful guy. And you'll hear in this interview, you know, what do you do? I asked the question, what do you do with your success? What do you do? When you're making millions, when is enough enough? And when do you start to say, okay, I want to actually start living life rather than preparing to live life? Yeah. It's a great little end to this interview. Yeah. And it's also a great end to the season because, you know, we have seen, JJ, in all these testimonies at the end of these podcasts, we talk about people who have seen they've doubled their revenue, they've tripled their revenue, they've quadrupled their revenue. Uh, we've seen people invest in story brand and get a hundred times amount that they invested as a return in only one sale. Yeah. What do you do? And we're growing as a company. We're succeeding. Yeah. What are we doing with that success? And one of our big things at our company is we just want to create a culture where people's dreams come true and they love going to work and they're supported by the staff that surrounds them and they don't hate their jobs. Yeah. To me, there's got to be this bigger, deeper meaning yeah. behind our work. Well, and one of the fun things about doing the podcast and having that kind of mentality of a deeper meaning is we get to highlight people who we are yeah. excited about and love. And today, the success story that we get to highlight, I'm so excited <laughs> about this. Uh, I just love it because Kenny, Kenny Thomas, he's an American hero. He was in actually one of the guys that was in the helicopter with Black Hawk Down. Mm -hmm. So the, the movie that was made on the incident in Somalia, he was in one of those helicopters and survived that battle yeah. and now goes around speaking about leadership and about courage and about strength and 
Oh, it, and we met him. He showed up at a StoryBrand live workshop. Yeah. And I don't think it was till day two that I kind of sat down and said, okay, what are you trying to do here? And, <laughs> yeah. then, and he said, well, I want to, you know, I want to speak. And okay, what do you talk about? And, and I was like, wait a second, man. were you in that battle? <laughs> yeah. Are you a war hero? And then he just became a friend and a wonderful guy. And he's just somebody I admire. So that's coming on after the interview with Jeff Walker. Yeah. This is a heck of an episode. Yep. You're going to learn a lot. There's going to be a lot of takeaways to help you grow your business. Even Kenny talks about the changes that he made to his website and what happened. Yep. What happened when he changed his website yeah. is dramatic. Yeah. And uh, so it's been a very fun season. And we want to thank everybody for listening and coming along this journey with us. We're going to be having more seasons to come. Thank you for being with us this season. And we want to thank all of our guests and all of our interviews that we had who really impacted us and improved our business and changed our lives in this process as well. That's right. Well, here's my interview live from Blackberry Farm with the $100 million man, <laughs> Jeff Walker. Well, Jeff, thank you for joining us. I am really excited. Thank you for having me, Don. You've really recreated the way a product comes to market in, the, I would say, the United States, but really all around the world. What are the elements of launching a product on the internet? And I realize this works in brick and mortar too, but let's just talk about on the internet. What are the elements of that? Yeah, the, when I boil it down, I think the the three primary elements. Well, the first thing is is you know there is that that baseball movie Field of Dreams where if you build it, they will come, and they built this baseball field, and but that doesn't work. Right, in, that right. doesn't work in business. If you build it, they won't come. You have to let them. And it know. doesn't even matter how good it is. It is doesn't. It? it really doesn't. It's a lot of people put a lot of time into creating a business, whether it's online or offline, and 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 really, it's their blood, sweat, and tears. Maybe it's a lifetime of equity or a lifetime of effort, and mm -hmm. and they put it out there, and then they just hope people will show up. And I call that hope marketing and hope marketing is right. you never hope's a wonderful word in many situations if you're shipwrecked at sea but you never want to depend that on hope when it comes to business right. and so the whole idea of product launch formula is um that you want to really f turn your marketing into an event turn your launch into an event make it a something that grabs people's attention and we there's three main tools we use for that and the first one you're going to love is stories mm -hmm. the second one is sequences and the third one is triggers and so i'm i'll start with sequences because in, in the current world while well, it's been this way for a long time but advertising is just so per pervasive it's everywhere media is everywhere and it's tough to grab someone's attention especially if you have one single piece of of content or of media one single email one single article one single anything um, this is the opposite of like the Super Bowl ads where you spend right. millions and millions and millions of dollars and you, you put out that ad and you hope that that one ad draws people in. You create a sequence and that sequence will tell a story. And so we'll often these days do this with video, but it's also emails driving into the, those videos. And then we'll typically have three videos that introduce, um, well, really, they don't introduce the product. They introduce the the solution really mm -hmm. so so the first video we we will we'll, we'll talk about we'll either call it the opportunity or the journey and no matter what product you're selling it's either the solution to someone's problem or it's going to deliver more pleasure to them right i mean at the at the bare essence you're you're either you know selling them that's going to help their help their lives make, make them happier more fulfilled or whatever or solve take away some pain right and so um, the the very first video would be 
it's basically shows them the opportunity that they can have their lives transformed. And it could be the most simple transformation in the world, but if you're, at the end of the day, you're taking away a headache or you're allowing them to meditate better um, or you're teaching them how to play guitar, you're, there, there's an opportunity for their life to transform. And so this, this first video will about, be about that opportunity. So you sort of, of cast a vision for what exactly. life can look like. Which, it's so fascinating because, you know, people have been telling me for about a year, you've got to meet Jeff, you guys are doing kind of something. It, it sounds like you're talking about writing a screenplay. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> because you've got to start by saying somebody's life has uh, fallen apart through an inciting incident that usually makes things painful and they have a vision for how it can be better. Right away within nine <laughs> minutes. If you don't click that within nine minutes, you're going to lose your audience. And it's the same when you're selling a product. It is. It something is painful. And I have a vision for how life can be better. Yep. And that's email number one, video number one. Yep, yep. In that's exactly what it is. And then the second one we call the transformation. And this is this is where you actually take them through to having that vision of that transformation. And, and you will often, you'll show other people that you've helped have that transformation. You'll make it very, that transformation very real for them mm -hmm. in that second video. And then the third video is what we call ownership. This is where you sl you you'll have a slight pivot to where you're actually starting to paint the vision for the actual product that you're going to sell to them. So you haven't even talked much about the product in no. in video one or video two. You're just no. talking about what kind of life you want to live, yep. how painful life might be right now, yep. what sort of transformation is possible, and then the product really comes in as the solution. So. Yes, exactly. And it's it's usually the really it's the last third of the third video. So, you know, if, if all time is equal, let's say there's, you know, it's maybe the last ninth of the entire uh, campaign. And so, and these videos can vary in length. These days we're doing most of these videos online are, are going to be 12 minutes to, to 25 minutes. And Which is, again, is counterintuitive. People think you got to get that video under two minutes. And that's probably true for an actual sales pitch on a website that's fixed. But you're talking about involving people in a narrative which takes a little bit of time yeah absolutely and and you know there's this old saying in the copywriting in the direct marketing copywriting world that um, your copy can never be too long it can only be too boring <laughs> that's and, a great way to say it. and so i will sweat to make these videos as tight and as short as possible but you can't leave out those story elements right and of course, you're telling it's one big story arc over the three videos, and a lot of times this has become very, very popular online. It's 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 everywhere online. I've been teaching this for ten years now, and and I developed it the ten years before that, and so it's everywhere. But a lot of times people just say, oh well, yeah, you put out three videos, and and they might be three random videos or disparate videos, but it re you really do want to tell that story arc over yeah. the three videos. And we're talking about video. It doesn't have to be video. Uh, it can be done purely via email. It can be done with PDF reports. It could be done with podcasts or audio. But right now, um, we're seeing the just the best results in the most prolific launches are done with video. Give me some uh, some anecdotal evidence here because you've worked with now thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs and companies. Talk to me about uh, some successes that you've you've seen. Yeah, well, one of my, my sort of uh, favorite stories, favorite anecdotes is John Gallagher, who has a site about edible and medicinal plants and herbs. Mm -hmm. And John, he is a true rags to riches story. He, he was a young father, had two young children. Um, his, he was uh, going to school to be an acupuncturist. He was working at a nonprofit. 
And he was literally, his family's on food stamps just to make ends meet. He and his wife created a board game about, it's an educational board game for kids about edible and medicinal plants and herbs. It's called Wildcraft. And it turns out they they created the, like they sort of designed it and then they went and looked and saw how do you actually, you know, create a board game, like manufacture it. And it turns out you have to go overseas and, and get a whole bunch of them made up in a big batch. And so yet they did that. They borrowed money from, I think his dad, to uh, get the board game made up. And, and then the reality sunk in when the pallets started to show up. She <laughs> showed me photos of these, of these games stacked everywhere throughout their house, including in their, in their shower stall in their second bathroom. Yeah. And, um, and he had a small email newsletter, uh, very small distribution list. And he, he went through what he thought was a launch and he sold 12 games at $30 a pop. And so, whatever, three hundred sixty dollars, and it, and he'd spent twenty thousand getting these games made up, and went and googled product launch, found product launch formula. It's long story short, went through it, you know, had the butcher paper all over, his, right. you know, plans drawn up everywhere, and did a launch, did a proper launch, and sold six hundred and seventy games, which is fantastic. Exact same list, exact same assets, no additional money spent, and now I think his last county's sold 50,000 of those games. And he's built a very significant business. He's probably one of the absolute leaders in that space. Um, he, he regularly brings other experts' products to market, mm. um, is, has a membership site with, I think, tens of thousands of people in it now. That's amazing. And has built a serious business, with, has a team, yeah, and it's it's based on something he's passionate about too. This Absolutely, was, I mean, medicinal herbs and plants is not something I'm going to be interested yep. in. He's found a niche market that he's passionate about and is able to make a, a great living doing it. Yep, yep. Another story: a doctor uh, in, I think I'm going to get this right, Austria. He teaches about echocardiograms, and he he actually works with another doctor who's one of the world class experts. This is continuing education, and doctors used to have to travel to do their certifications but they were able to create an online course. They couldn't get any traction whatsoever beforehand, and, um, but, but they did a proper launch using proper launch formula, and now they have hundreds, possibly thousands of doctors going through their training for, to read echocardiograms. Yeah. And of course, that one I get thrilled about because there are doctors in the world out there that are preventing heart attacks because of this training. And if you trace it back, you know, it was because of my training yeah. that they were able to get this training. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. That's unbelievable. Later, we'll give you an opportunity to learn more about Product Launch Formula. But for now, I want to switch gears here. You were a stay-at-home dad before you invented all this stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, things were not going well for you. You created this thing. It took off. Now you're wildly successful. And having spent a couple of days with you, you really do live by this philosophy of I'm going to live uh, an enjoyable life with lots of time off, lots of family, lots of nature, lots of, of athletic pursuits, these kinds of things. You don't seem very dominated by money or the desire for money or more money, although I think you're a good business guy. Uh, you have dealt with success well. And success hurts a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it really brings a lot of people down. And, of course, the whole point of StoryBrand and everything you do is to help people be more successful. But the last thing I want to do is contribute to the demise of some of our listeners as they begin to apply these 
these tips and strategies. Uh, when did you decide you're not going to let success dominate your life? And, and well, I, the real question is, how do you define success? Um, boy, so success, these are tough questions. Are, How many yeah, days do we have? Um, I, I don't, you know, I think the success didn't come to me, didn't even start coming to me until my mid thirties. Mm -hmm. And I was a stay at home dad. I had two young children at that point. And I've always been very, very family focused and, and clearly my marriage was like always going to be a huge priority for me. And my kids, I mean, I had a responsibility. I brought them into the world. I, right. I, had, yeah, I mean, it, it, you got to take care of them. And taking care of them isn't just giving them things. It's it's being a father. And so that was, it was so so much part of my life when we had nothing. Then I think when that money came along, I'm like, well, I'm not going to abandon them now. I, I know when my business first started, my son, he was... He had a couple of years left in high school when it really took off. I had these opportunities to travel and to speak, and I could look at him and say, "Boy, I've got, I've got about a hundred weeks left until he leaves home, and if I take this speaking gig and I'm gone for a week, that's one percent of the time I have left with him." Right. And it was just real clear it wasn't worth going for a speaking gig. A lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of folks, uh, would feel a tension there, though. They would feel, uh, boy, if I if I let go of this opportunity, I'm never going to get another one. It's a scarcity mentality, and I remember evolving from scarcity to to this idea that there's plenty. I can go get it when I need to go get it. As an entrepreneur, you found ways to go make money. Uh, did you deal with that temptation at all? Even though you 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 chose right, was did you fear <laughs> that this is my last speaking gig ever? I, I didn't have that fear. I mean, there is sort of, you know, the success train's leaving the station and, and I, now is the time to make hay. But also, you know, the, the business grew very gradually. I, I'm a big fan of building a following. Building, I'm a publisher at the end of the day and I have a, I primarily publish via email and I have a very large email list, uh, a huge tribe. And I learned early on because of Product Lunch Formula that it was like a money button. I could push it whenever I wanted. And so knowing I had that email list and I could generate business and whenever I wanted, literally on demand, as soon as I wanted to get more busy, I pushed that button mm -hmm. and I would get more busy and more money would come in. That I think relieved a lot of that, that tension. Once you got used to that. Yeah. And, and the other thing is I've always had these, you know, crazy passions of like mountain biking and, and kayaking and skiing. And I wasn't ever willing to give those up. I, and so between family and liking the play, I never wanted to give those up. And I am very impact driven. I mean, that's a word you'll hear a lot when you're around me or my team. I love to make a positive impact in the world. So to me, there is there's tension every day of like, how do I keep on growing my impact, helping more people, play a bigger game, helping my students, you know, do better, helping my team grow, uh, become, you know, bigger contributors, uh, help my team work better. How do I become a better leader? And also maintain a great physical body so I can go out and do the play, you know, ski like I want to and mountain bike like I want to. And also be a, you know, be a good father. It, there's tons of tension. Yeah. It's not like I figured this out whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, and it probably never goes away. There's probably absolutely. tension forever you have to manage those things. They're always changing and evolving and absolutely. contextual. Yeah. There are certain core things I'm not going to give up. And yeah. One of the things we did in the last, just, I mean, the last few years, we've now built three schools in Kenya. When I say we, it's my community, my tribe. We've been able to raise enough money to build three schools and, and really um, influence two more schools, you know, influence other entrepreneurs to raise money for two more schools. So 
it's 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 a constant dance and um but yeah we all do the best we can well you gave us a little taste of product launch formula you showed us what life can look like i mean we really went through a personal narrative right here (laughs) i think there are probably some people listening to this podcast who um you know, they're a financial consultant or they're a custom home builder. They've got a website that probably needs some work right. uh, and that's all they've got. And they're trying to grow their business. Can you just give us three or four things that they should do right away? I mean, what is the next level yeah. of, of, of taking your business to the next level and, and getting some of this dynamic working for them? Yeah. One of the things is we are all, you could be a home builder, I don't anything. You, you We're all in the publishing business these days. Mm-hmm. And we all can be publishers. It, it takes probably 30 seconds to create an account on Facebook or Twitter. And at the end of the day, we have to publish. Everyone. And publisher Parish is true like never before. Yeah, for every business, for every single business. And so understand that. I think probably people are asking, publish what? Okay, let's say I'm a custom home builder. And I and again, we counsel people too, so I have some ideas. Right. But publish what? What should they publish first? Well, I mean, you could uh, a custom home builder, you should be publishing the stories of the people that you've built homes mm-hmm. for. And you should also be publishing how to how to how do you hire a custom home builder? How do you pick a contractor? How, how do you pick an architect? Or 10 things people tend to forget when they build a dream home. Yeah, exactly. five mistakes everybody makes financing their new house or all these kinds of things. Because, you know, we deal with clients all the time who don't realize they're experts. They, you know, they've just been in the business so long. They project their knowledge onto other people and they don't realize you have information that can save your customers a great deal of pain. Absolutely. We, you have to be published. And it's not like you have to publish like on a crazy schedule. It's not like you have to publish every day or every week or every month even, but you have to get some content out there that's telling the narrative of how, of your expertise and how you can help people. And you're absolutely right. I talk to so many people who don't realize the expertise they have because it's just, it seems natural to you. It just seems everyone knows this stuff or, or our, every other custom home builder knows this stuff, but they can't tell the story the way you can tell the story. Yeah. And the, the, the current publishing world, which is the, the entire internet, and it's all apps and it's podcasts and it's everything, is at the end of the day, some people are going to resonate with you and some aren't going to resonate with you. And the ones that are going to resonate with you are, those are your potential clients. That's your tribe. Mm -hmm. And then you also, once you start publishing, you have to start building your tribe, your community, your following, your list. And you can build that, that following on, on Facebook. You can build it on Twitter. You can build it via podcast. But my absolute favorite, the one that trumps everything right now, and I think will continue to for a while is email. Mm. If you can get people onto an email distribution list, then you can literally, like I mentioned earlier, you can push that button. Whenever you want to increase your business, you you can just publish and that will drive business. And a couple of mistakes people make there, they want to, they say, well, we do collect email addresses. People can sign up for our newsletter. Nobody cares about your newsletter, right? Right. They just want to know five things or three things or two things that will save them from pain or eight things that will make their life happy or as it relates to your product and service. And I agree. You know, I have a ton of Twitter followers, a ton of Instagram followers, and the only thing that consistently grows my business is email. That's right. it. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, for every thousand, if you gave me one email subscriber versus a thousand Twitter followers, I would take that one email. Subscriber. Absolutely. I think another thing that, that you're so great at and, you know, uh, is asking for the sale. I call it driving strong to the hoop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that it doesn't come natural to almost anybody listening to this. 
Why is it important for you to ask people to schedule an appointment with you uh, to talk about the, the building a dream home or, or sign on the dotted line, let's get moving? Uh, why is one publishing, getting your story out there, and then asking people for the sale? Why is that so hard for us to do, and why do we need to learn to do it? You know, if you asked me, like when I was thirty years old, to to line up every profession in the world in in the order that it would be likely I would have success at it, sales would be the the last. Right. And I, I mean, I was a kid in Boy Scouts. I could sell two bags of donuts, one to my parents and one to my next door neighbors. <laughs> and and the reason I didn't sell any more donuts is because I was scared to go ask for knock on other doors and ask for the sale. And um, I I don't know why it is so difficult for or, or why we have that reticence. I know I have it, um, but I, th- I think it's probably fear of rejection. It's fear of making someone else uncomfortable. I don't know why it is. But the reality is that if you have the solution to someone else's problem, you know, if someone's sitting there struggling with a guitar for a couple of years and you could teach them how to play that guitar or you have a product that could teach them how to play that guitar or if they're struggling to build a home. I mean, I went through this a, a remodel and I was struggling to to pick the door hinges. And, um, and, and when I got a designer, it was it was like the, the answer of to my dreams. And if I if I had talked to her and she hadn't expressed what her capabilities were, I would never have hired her and I'd still be trying to finish that remodel. Yeah. The, the reality is that if you have a great product, then it, it is your sacred duty. Hmm. It is your sacred duty to ask for that sale. Yeah, and when we don't, what it really subconsciously communicates to people is you don't actually believe in your product. You really just want somebody to affirm you, <laughs> which is not somebody you want to do business with. I've got a problem. I need you to solve it. You know, I make the analogy all the time. If you go see a nutritionist and say, can you help me lose 30 pounds? Uh, I really need to lose 30 pounds. And the nutritionist says, me too. You're at the wrong nutritionist, right? (laughs) We're looking for somebody with some authority and knows how to get this thing done. You know, bottom line is people listening to this podcast have authority in some area. And somebody else who's inferior, who has an inferior product to you that doesn't deliver, is going to step in there and make the sale and leave your customers unhappy unless you do it. And I think people appreciate authority. I think people appreciate, you know, I know Jonas Sachs over at Harvard Businesses don't use too much authority. And I think there's some browbeating stuff that we don't want to get into. But standing confident in what you offer and asking people to buy it in order to solve their problems, I think is a really good thing. It, it absolutely is. I mean, they, there's the, the old saying, people don't like to be sold, but they love to buy. Mm-hmm. But they do love to buy from someone with authority. And that's mm-hmm. something we didn't even talk about was, you know, all the mental triggers that go into making the sale, but authority is a powerful one. Yeah. I mean, when you're, we've all been in situations where like, for whatever reason, maybe there weren't very many choices or there wasn't much time and, and you're going to buy something and you, you just have this, this thought in the back of your head. It's like, oh man, I hope this doesn't blow up in my face. <laughs> and it usually does. Yeah. You know, that's just never a good feeling of going through that buying decision. Yeah. Yes, you do. You have to establish your authority. It's not about yeah, beating your chest and, and saying, I'm the most awesome. It's just right. communicating that I'm, I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. I am going to take care of you. You know, last night at dinner, we were talking about this book, Presence, uh, and I, I can't remember the woman's name who wrote it. She's a, actually a professor at Harvard, too. Um, but she talks about what makes a good first impression. And what makes a good first impression are also the things that make a good guide in a narrative. Yoda, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Hamish, 
or whatever brand you're representing, and it's empathy and authority, a sense that I'm like you, we have a lot in common, and I know what I'm doing, and I know what I'm talking about. And I, you know, I think this is one of the things that keep people from uh, driving to the hoop and asking for the sale, is they really don't believe they're an authority in this area, to which I would say, put your business on pause, go see a therapist, come back when you've got that stuff figured out <laughs> and get back to work, right? That's a personal issue. Right. But uh, right. you know, if there's a fire, I think we have a responsibility to put it out or at least offer yeah. to come put it out. Yeah. I almost sometimes like, uh, you know, I do a live event and I'll actually take people through really a meditation mm-hmm. of um, when I said it's your sacred duty. I mean, you have to look at, I have this solution to someone's pain, or I have this solution that's going to give them a lot more pleasure. Mm-hmm. And you have you put yourself in that state of taking away that pain. and But not just now. Think about what that person's life is like 30 days from now, when that pain mm-hmm. is gone. Think about what that person's life is like a year from now, when that, that lack of pain compounds. Five years from now, what is their life like if all of a sudden, if they have this hip pain and you can literally teach them something that takes that away, what what does that do for them in the next five years? What does it do for their family members who are now living with someone without pain? Yeah, yeah. What does it do for the people that they interact with every day? Mm-hmm. What does it do for the people that interact with those people? And that's why I'm not kidding. It's your yeah. sacred duty. If you yeah. have a solution for them, you have to do everything you can to ethically put it in their hands and, and allow them to make that decision, you know, in a well-informed, you know, non-manipulated way, but but a very powerful one. Right, right. With authority. Jeff, thanks so much for your time. This was awesome. Uh, I can already apply it to stuff that we're doing, and I've heard it 25 times. So the 26th time, you still catch something new. I think it's fair to say you've just scratched the surface of what you offer. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. I enjoyed this. If you've been listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast for a while, you're probably wondering what's next. You've probably sat around thinking, you know, I've got to bring my marketing into this next evolution. I've got to clean up the clutter and see a better response from customers. If you want to get started for free, just go to 5minutemarketingmakeover.com. You can either spell it out or use the number. doesn't matter. 5minutemarketingmakeover.com. I will give you three five-minute videos that if you just execute what I say in those videos, you will definitely see results. It is the best place to start. 5minutemarketingmakeover.com JJ, this next segment is called How'd They Do It? And we just look at a story brand alumni who has just radically succeeded. And today's interview is pretty darn exciting. (laughs) There's a lot of tips. If you listen to the interview, a lot of things that this guy has done well that you can do also. Yeah in creating clear uh, marketing collateral, but an unbelievably fun interview and yeah. an honor to do it. Kenny yeah. Thomas is our interview. Yeah, he came to StoryBrand live workshop in Nashville. A year and a half ago yeah, or so, ago. yeah. His website, Kenny Thomas, K-E-N-I Thomas, uh, T-H-O-M-A-S, is awesome. And he has done a great job positioning himself in the marketplace as a speaker about leading, about yeah. leading teams. And, you know, he didn't even get to this in the interview, but he actually told me after we talked 
that he's got this thing that he's going to do in Wyoming where he'll charge you know you to bring your team up and he's going to take you through a combat like scenario oh, completely safe. Oh my gosh! And teach you leadership principles on the battlefield. Oh my goodness! And you are never going to forget those leadership <laughs> oh my principles. And so he's a really creative, amazing yeah. guy. Obviously a war hero, yeah. uh, a man who I respect uh, immensely. And I, I was just honored that he took the time to talk to us. And here's my interview with Kenny Thomas. Hey. Kenny Thomas, Don Miller with Building a Story Brand. How are you? Don, it's good to hear from you. It makes me happy. Well, you know what? You came through the Story Brand workshop live and in person in Nashville, Tennessee. And I play, as part of the workshop, this commercial, this television commercial for Gerber Knives. And it's all about being tough and being awesome. And I tell a kind of funny story about how, because I'm a writer, the only thing I ever do with a knife is make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I kind of make this self-deprecating joke. You show up at my house with a Gerber knife engraved to me that says, Don, now you're unstoppable. And to be honest with you, I haven't had a chance to really use the knife yet, but it sits on the dashboard of my 77 Toyota Land Cruiser and it's like a little memento from somebody that I admire, a hero that I admire, who turned around and said to me, Don, you can do it. Man, that means so much to me. I'm so grateful for that. Oh, that makes me happy. But Don, you don't need a pocket knife to be <laughs> unstoppable. <laughs> there you go. Well, listen, we've told everybody who we're talking to. You were one of the soldiers in Black Hawk Down. You were one of the soldiers who went down in a helicopter in Somalia and, you know, a terrible story, a story of courage, a story of loss. You made it through. Can you just tell us a little bit about how that turned into a speaking career? You're an unbelievably sought-after speaker. What did you learn from that experience that you're translating for audiences to make their lives better? For a story that's, that's over 20 years old, and, it, and it's been well-documented. I think everybody knows the story of Black Hawk Down, where I've been able to take it is to a personal level because the stories I'm telling aren't about really the battle itself. It's, it's the private Floyds and the private Saranskis and the Sergeant Ramadi, yeah. all the things yeah. that the links that men will go to and, and now are, are men and women will go to for each other. And I think that's what Don, that story is a thousand years old. I think Black Hawk mm-hmm. Down is just a horse that we ride yeah. to tell that story. And a lot of teams out there, they don't understand what it means to sacrifice for each other and to give up, you know, some of the things that we want for the betterment of the group. And you get into a lot of that in your talk, don't you? I do. I think with any kind of impactful event in our lives, it starts meaning different things to you as you move forward. And I think where I'm at now and how the speaking and the the telling of the story has evolved for me is that I used to go in and really hammer the training. Train as you fight, fight as you train. I would teach people the troop leading procedures, and I'd teach teach them how to do the planning process. But really, I think what I focus on now is just quite simply the leadership aspect, which is setting the example for others to follow. And it comes down to do the right thing. And why do you need to do the right thing? Because there's people counting on you. And I think that's where I'm at in my walk, my faith, my life. It's like, wow, what a shame you had to lose people right there in front of you to figure out how basic it is. Wow, I, I can't let that happen to someone else. I need to take care of these guys because I'm not that good. I'm not going to make it out. Alone we fail. I'm not going to make it out of here. I need these guys. And, I, and the only way I know to do that is to put everything I got into taking care of them. And I don't care where you went. You went back to Gallipoli. They, they would tell you that we fought for each other. It's never for a cause or a purpose. That's what gets you enlisted 
but it's not what it's about wow, when it comes down to and that's a huge paradigm shift. Well, listen, brother, I'm not going to steal your thunder. People need to hear you speak if they want to hear the rest of it. You've, you've got such an amazing message. And you came to us, and I heard your story, and I just thought, man, I want everybody to know about this guy. I want everybody to know about Kenny Thomas. And so you had to create some marketing collateral in order to transition your career into becoming a speaker. And one of the things that we talked about, you're also a musician. You're a successful musician, a country musician. You play concerts all over, but you really wanted to tell your story. And so tell me what happened. You come to StoryBrand. You're trying to figure out this transition in your career. How do you build yourself? Who am I? What am I offering to the world? How do I pare it down? Because you're offering so much. Walk me through some of the paradigm shifts that you encountered after going through the workshop. Well, there was this wise Yoda of a man named Don Miller who stood in front of the <laughs> class and he said, he said to me, and, and when you go into something like your workshop and you go into it with an open mind and you say, okay, these people that are teaching this class are the experts. What do they have to say? And what, what you had to say basically was what your brand is right now is a little unclear. Are you a national musician? Are you a rock star? Are you out on the road as a country musician? Or are you this kind of side note speaker guy? Like, what is it that you're doing? And I really, it, honestly, I had to go home and take a hard look at it. Wow. Like, because that's how I've been pushing it the whole time. I, I, do, I do both. But you and I both know that people, that's too many choices. People want it very yeah, clear. They, they want to put you in a category. And that, that's because they're getting 3,000 commercial messages a day. They want to put you into a category. And when they can't put right. you into the category, what happens is they put you in the junk drawer of their brain. And you don't want to be in the junk drawer of their brain. You've got to pick a category, and it's a hard thing to do. But it was a hard message to tell you because I think you're gifted at both. But you made a decision. What decision did you make? And so I decided, well, we're going to tell the story. Yeah. And in the spirit of you know, the story brand, that made sense. This is what I do. <laughs> I can do it through song or I can do it on the stage. So what I did was started telling the story on stage playing the song afterwards and it music reaches different people or reaches people differently and it worked yeah but you had to let them know straight up front what it is you were doing and so the whole modeling what you guys had taught me with the website and and the branding we okay we're going to brand it as a speaker with an extraordinary story and these are the benefits you're going to get from it and i just kind of hammered it down and i you know when when I signed up for your class, Don, I don't know if you want to put this out there, but I was like, what? 2000 bucks? That's crazy. You know, like it was a spit. And then I realized, oh, wait, I, I charge like 10. <laughs> so, so I'm going to go do this. And then I would have, once it was done, I would have gladly paid to do a whole other day because it just wasn't, I wanted more information because I knew what you guys were teaching was valuable and it was going to help. If I made the choice, to do something about it too. We, you know, you can give us all the plans and the training and tell us how to, but really it's up to us. Yeah. Well, you executed it super well. KennyThomas.com. That's K-E-N-I Thomas, K-E-N-I Thomas.com. And I go to this website and it passes the grunt test. I know what you offer, how it's going to make my life better and what I need to do to buy it. I know that you're a motivational speaker and an exceptional storyteller. I know that you're going to entertain my audience. You're going to inspire my audience. And I know the exact button to press that I need to press to book you. Just those three things, Kenny, you wouldn't believe how many websites you can't figure out what they offer. You can't figure out how it's going to make your life better. And I wouldn't know how to sell it, even if I knew what you were selling. And so it's very, very clear. I mean, you've just done an exceptional job. And, you know, it fits, Kenny, because what you're talking about is leadership. And when we have a leader and we don't know where they want us to go, 
And we don't know why following them is going to make our life better. Then how do we follow them? How are they even a leader? So really, marketing and leadership, it's all very similar. It's just about having goals, communicating them clearly, tying them to somebody's heart, not just their mind. You've done an exceptional job with this. And tell me, what happened afterwards? Was there any success after you defined and redefined your brand? Wait a minute. You just need to keep going because you're brilliant. You should, I Don, I think you ought to think about doing this for a living. You're pretty good at it. Um, yeah. You know, you're right. Marketing and the leadership, it's, it's a lot of the same principles when you really break it down. We just use different words. So if you're going to you get someone to accomplish a mission, you've got to provide purpose, direction, and motivation. Mm. And when you start breaking it down into what it is that you're trying to get people to do with their, just in the simple process of building a website, you're leading these people and showing them what you want. So, yeah, thanks. That means, that means <laughs> I don't suck. So thank you for telling me that. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, what happened? I mean, did your business die? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we went from, on average, before I took the workshop, I was doing about 50 speaking events a year. Hmm. And then once the site went up over at Premier, we ended up getting 100, over 100 dates. Wow. So a 100% increase in the amount of business yeah, in it, a new field, in the new field of speaking. It doubled. Wow. I would tell you, you know, a couple things when you... People, a great website and a great story will open the door for you. And then it just, and you know this, it yeah. just begins. Yeah, don't suck and work hard at it and learn, <laughs> learn, talk to the people and find out what, why it's working and what, what affects. That's my favorite part is getting to hang out afterwards and listen to them come up and talk to you and they'll tell their story. That's what people yeah. want. They want to tell you their story. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you start learning how to narrow things down and make it even more succinct. Mm. Well, Kenny, you've just done a fantastic job. I really do encourage everybody to go to KennyThomas.com. Listen, if there's one tip that you learned from StoryBrand that helped you make this transition and double the amount of business that you were getting that somebody else could apply to their marketing or their branding, what would it be? The first tip is to put it down in sort of a headline form, seven words, seven to 10 words, who are you and what are, what's your mission statement? Yeah. That's what you, you have to figure out what it is you want to be known for. Man, that is so great because it's so important just to define who we are and what we want to be known for. I think every business leader should have an answer to that question. What do you want to be known for? They should have a one sentence answer and you worked hard to develop that. Figure out what you want to be known for. And then the rest of it is the execution, which means you just got to get, you got to go out there and do it mm-hmm. and put the effort forward and work hard at it. Yeah, because the resources are all there. Yeah, you know they can. You send them home. You give them the tools, and you guys were fantastic about follow up. The, the tools are there. Yeah, but it's up to you to execute to, to utilize them. Yeah. Well, in terms of the before and after, what your website looked like before you came to StoryBrand, what it looks like now, you have executed just exceptionally well. It's no wonder that you've doubled your business. I think you're also an incredibly talented guy. You deliver the goods when somebody brings you in to speak. Kenny, it's just always an honor to talk to you. I mean, I don't think you know fully how much I admire you as a human being and what you're doing and the story you're telling. You're good for me. You're good for uh, different businesses that bring you in. But brother, you're just so great for America. And guys like you set a North Star for us. You you set the moral compass in the back of our brains. You make us very proud of our country and our heritage and where we come from. You redefine what it means to have American blood in you. It means going out and serving the world, fighting the bad guys. I'm so glad to help you grow your business. I just want more people to know about you. 
Thank you, Don. It's not lost on me that you could ask a lot of folks, and so I appreciate it. No, we wanted to highlight you. All right, Kenny, appreciate it. All right, guys, take care. If you want to see the kind of radical success we've been talking about, you're probably wondering, where do I start? We'll start at 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com. It's completely free. There is no risk. 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com has three five-minute videos from me in which I tell you what you need to do to clean up your marketing collateral, and then I actually show you examples of people who are doing it well. These are three free videos that will help you clarify your message and grow your business. Again, it's 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com. Either spell it out or use the number. It doesn't matter. Or you can text MAKEOVER to 72000. That's text the word MAKEOVER to 72000, and I will send you those three videos for free. We also want to invite you to join us at a live StoryBrand marketing workshop in Nashville, Tennessee. Just go to StoryBrand.com, register for the workshop, show up, and sit in a room full of your peers who are trying to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish, that is, grow their business. At the end of two days, you will have a clear message for your company, and we will help you translate that to your website, your elevator pitch, your keynote speech. Anytime you have to communicate about what you do, you will have clear messages that will help you grow your business. Register for the workshop at storybrand.com. Music from this episode is from the album Black Bear by Andrew Bell, which you can listen to on Spotify or download on iTunes. The StoryBrand podcast exists to help you clarify your message and grow your business. On behalf of the entire StoryBrand team, thanks for listening.